Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn and how we teach and how they overlap. This is episode 71, How to Unpack What You're Learning. This is the third of seven episodes in our critical thinking series about using the squared method. Critical thinking is a critical component of succeeding in college, but many college students have never been taught how to think critically. The squared method outlines seven methods of increasing this skill, summarizing, questioning, unpacking, analyzing, relating, explaining, and defining. In this episode, we're going to talk about unpacking. Unpacking may sound like you just moved in and now you've got to put everything away, but that's not really what we're talking about here. Unpacking is getting down to the details of what you need to know about a topic. It's sort of the opposite of summarizing, which we talked about in episode 69, I think. and when you're unpacking a topic, most of the time, you're going to need to find multiple sources on that topic because each one will have different bits of information. So for example, if I wanted to get the details of the Battle of Gettysburg, I would probably have to search through several history books, many different articles, and ideally a few original sources from people who had been there, letters from soldiers, for example. And using all of these sources, I would find various details to give me a fuller picture of what that battle was really like. And when might you have to do this? Let's pretend that you're making a movie about that war and you needed to know in detail, what was it really like being there before the battle started, being there while the battle was going on, being there right after it ended. These are details that you might wanna know in order to give say the audience who is gonna be watching your movie or your play a deeper sense of what it was like to be there. It's one of the reasons to do it. Unpacking a topic means getting a wide view. When you unpack, the important questions aren't how and why, so much as they're what, who, when, and where. How and why tend to narrow the focus down to one specific thing, while what, who, when, and where can all give multiple answers that broaden our field of understanding. For example, who are the groups involved? What are the problems involved? Did the groups agree on these problems or did each group have a separate issue they brought to the table? Where did this happen? How does location matter? Did the place have significance for one of the groups or all of the groups? What's the common explanation? What's missing from it? Whose perspectives aren't we hearing? And in answering those questions, I'm sure you can see you're going to get a much deeper understanding than if you just write down the Civil War happened because the South wanted to keep slaves and the North didn't want them to. That is the general explanation we're given. And yes, that was the main reason for the Civil War. But that doesn't explain, for example, why the common folk of the South who didn't own slaves were still willing to go to war for that cause. Was that the only cause? Were there other reasons involved? One of the theories about why John Wilkes Booth shot Abraham Lincoln had nothing to do with keeping slaves. It had to do with this feeling that Lincoln had totally encroached on the sovereignty of the South, and therefore he had to be punished. So 
knowing the different perspectives, finding out the different stories, finding out the different sets of data that may not be what's normally presented can make a big difference in how we understand a problem. And in research methods, this is called an ideographic explanation. And this is where we really drill down into one event or one issue, and we find out all the details we can because those details often completely change our understanding of the thing we're talking about. So in terms of experiences with it, when I was working on my honors thesis as an undergrad, I followed what we call the cookie trail of the references pretty much anywhere they led me because I wanted to give a full and rounded explanation of my topic. And this meant I wasn't just reading scholarly articles that were published in peer-reviewed journals. I was also reading opinion pieces. I was reading magazine articles. I was reading web pages that dealt with my topic, the viral idea, which back in the 2000s was an idea in its infancy. And so I pulled in insights from places as varied as newspapers, fiction, and advertising textbooks to get to what we were really talking about when we talk about the viral idea. What does that look like? How do we know that we're looking at it? Why is it important? Maybe that's a more narrow thing that I got to near the end, but I had to describe all the different things I understood about the viral idea first so that those how and why questions that narrowed my focus near the end of this paper would make more sense to the readers. When I prep my classes, I like to go through a few different articles or textbooks on topics that I'm covering, both to see how other people covered, because maybe by reading them, I'm going to get a new idea or a new way of looking at a theory, but also to unpack. What do all of these readings have in common? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And I do this because I want to show my students a little bit of a deeper way of looking at a theory rather than just here's strain theory, memorize it. I want to give them a deeper understanding. And to me, that means you've got to see how other people cover this theory. Where are they different? Where are they similar? And even though the articles and books are on the same theme, they're presenting it slightly differently. And for me, being able to combine these and examining them, I think that makes me a more effective teacher in the classroom because I'm able to unpack theories more with my students and have a deeper uh, conversation with them about this topic. Now students, here's how you can use it when you're studying. The mentality here with unpacking is to have at least a little bit of a detective or lawyer mindset. Okay, here's one way I can look at something and that's the way they told me to look at it. But who else was involved? What did they do? How did they understand what was going on? Did it happen in more than one place? Why would that matter? What was the problem? The idea is probe for more information to get yourself as complete a picture of a topic as you can. And the way teachers can use this is teachers ask your students to unpack a topic and that can expose them to multiple points of view, multiple explanations and multiple conclusions about that topic. Think about the really rich papers you're going to get if you assign unpack the topic of environmental degradation caused by human activity, give me at least three different views of the problem and propose solutions from those views. Or unpack the idea of individualism, give me at least three different views of this idea and at least three different issues raised in those views. So that's what we have for you in episode 71. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. 
We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help even more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to join us next week for episode 72, when we'll talk about how to analyze what you're learning. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. We look forward to seeing you next week.